Hi everyone and welcome to the first episode of the Abstract Garage podcast. This is going to be a series of short podcasts on some of my favourite topics in art history, along with some interviews with a few special guests. This first episode, I'm going to speak about my favourite art history story. Inspired by Jennifer Dazel of the Art Curious podcast, this story may come as a shock to some of you, and maybe not that much of a shock to others. This story is set during the Cold War and is about how the CIA conspired to make America the cultural capital of the world. So first, let's set the scene. It's 1947, the Cold War has just begun between the Soviet Union and the United States. This is a period of geopolitical tension which erupted post-World War II. Both countries were rivaled with one another and, feeling threatened, the US established the CIA in 1947. The CIA included a division known as the Propaganda Assets Inventory. This division was designed to distribute propaganda throughout over 800 print publications. It was a branch of psychological warfare which intended to promote capitalist values and pro-American messaging during the Cold War. The most infamous project this division worked on was the 1950s Centre of Cultural Freedom. This centre propped up apolitical movements such as abstract expressionism. They worked not only to keep the Soviet Union in the dark as to what they were doing, but also the artists themselves. As most abstract expressionists were self-described anarchists at the time, They would have not intentionally supported the CIA's movements. A former CIA operative, Donald Jameson, stated that most of the abstract expressionists were people who have very little respect for the government in particular, and certainly none for the CIA. So, how did the CIA successfully pull off this mission? They implemented a long-leash policy which kept their operatives removed by two or three degrees from the artists and art exhibitions themselves. In order to do this, however, they needed the full participation from art foundations, artist groups and art museums. They used this participation to organise special exhibitions, events and collections. This, of course, was not an easy task. In order to gain this participation, the CIA organised an arts agency labelled as the Congress of Cultural Freedom, or the CCF. Neither the artists, artist groups, art foundations or art museums knew that this was an agency funded by the CIA until it was revealed in 1966. As a result, the artists had no idea that they were being funded by the CIA and fully believed that the CCF was presenting 
and promoting abstract expressionism. The museum that had the closest involvement with the CCF was, unsurprisingly, the Museum of Modern Art, or MoMA, in New York City. This involvement was facilitated through politician, philanthropist and future Vice President of the United States, Nelson Rockefeller. Rockefeller was also the former coordinator of Inter-American Affairs for Latin America during World War II. This was a propagandistic front agency. As a result, he was already linked to the world of intelligence agencies. Rockefeller is also closely linked to MoMA because it was, of course, co-founded by his mother. Rockefeller fully cooperated with the CCF and was on the board of trustees for MoMA, arranging some of the CCF's most successful exhibitions. One of these exhibitions was the New American Painting Exhibition. This travelled for one year, visiting nearly every major Western European city under the guise that there were numerous requests for it through the museum's international programme, when, in reality, it was organised by trustee board member Nelson Rockefeller. The exhibition aimed to cement alliances among European countries and also to cement the United States' cultural eminence. Some of the artists included in the exhibition were Jackson Pollock, Arshil Gorky and Mark Rothko. So, as you can imagine, the feedback the exhibition received was quite varied, with some loving Pollock's random splattering of paint and others just not getting it. However, the reason these artists were chosen was to show how the US was open-minded when it came to art, unlike their rivals in the Soviet Union. The exhibition itself was not always meant to run in the Tate Gallery in London. However, after a delegation from the Tate attended the exhibition in Paris, they desired for it to be run in London as well. They quickly realised, however, that the fees involved were quite steep and therefore decided not to run the exhibition. However, the CCF had this under control. And with a magical appearance by apparent American art lover, millionaire, and of course, MoMA board member, Julius Fleischmann, the show was funded and continued on to London. Of course, this was not Fleischmann's money that funded the show. It was instead money funneled through him from the CCF disguised as a charitable foundation. As a result, the Tate London didn't know, the visitors to the exhibition didn't know, and the artists certainly didn't know. Apparently, this scheme was quite easy to pull off. Tom Braden, an American CIA official, stated, we would go to somebody in New York who was a well-known rich person, and we would say, we want to set up a foundation. 
we would tell him what we were actually trying to do and pledge him to secrecy. And he would say, of course I'll do it. And then you would publish a letterhead and his name would be on it and there would be a foundation. It was a pretty simple device. These stones were pulled multiple times by the CIA under the guise as the CCF. As a result, I think it is worth questioning would abstract expressionism be as strong as an art movement today if it wasn't funded by the CIA? This brings us to the end of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed and let me know what you think on my socials at abstractgarage underscore on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks for listening.